Well, Daniel McCarty and Grant are back in the pavilion. I got the late call up. I'm finding myself in the middle of the wicket. Mark Watson with you through to one o'clock. We are talking cricket. This particular segment's called Swinging Both Ways, brought to you by Razine, Razine for expert paint and colour advice. Great pleasure to have back on the programme. It's been a while. He is the elder statesman of, Denag- of Otago and Dunedin Sport. He's part of our commentary team tomorrow as we bring you live coverage of the White Ferns taking on Pakistan, ball-by-ball coverage from one o'clock, uh, being played at University Oval in Dunedin. His name is Steve Davey. After- uh, morning to you, Steve. Welcome. Hello, Mark. It's been a while. How have you been? I'm good, thanks. Very good. Good, good. Uh, Steve, um, let's uh, look before we preview tomorrow's game. Um, cricket in Dunedin and Targo over the years, University Oval, some fond memories, I would have thought. Yeah, well, you transitioned from Carisbrook, of course, to the that's uni- now the University of Otago Oval, Mark, uh, to be renamed on Tuesday, of course, the Susie Bates Oval. Yeah, and well done uh, too the on official that. Title. Yeah, absolutely. We can talk more about that uh, tomorrow and again on on Tuesday during the coverage. But uh, yes, there's been some wonderful games here. The first game I saw here uh, was Pakistan Otago uh, at this ground, and I'm I'm at the ground now. That was in 1979. I think from memory, wow. Otago was dismissed dismissed for something like 46 or something. So not one of the great days. And then England played here. With uh, Ian Botham and Bob Willis and Derek Randall and 1983, uh, I think, yeah, 83, 84 season, yeah, uh, and and that was uh, terrific. That was a three-day game, that was against Otago. But in later years, of course, there have been a lot of internationals, Tests, one-day internationals, T20s. So it's a, it's a ground now which is building its own tradition as an international venue. It's a mixture of old and new. It's still got the old. Uh, grandstand, which is uh, a protected species through the Heritage Trust, serves a purpose as well. It's got the beautiful long room in it, lovely built-up banks, picket fence. Yeah, it's lovely. It's a nice ground. So it's a boutique ground. The, the boundaries straight are only about 60 to 65 metres. The wider, uh, the wider ones, square, are about 80 metres. Won't be that tomorrow, of course, but uh, it's a it's a nice ground. It's a lot bigger than a lot of commentators around New Zealand give it credit for. I always think about it, well, more the South Island, I guess, than the North Island, but probably right across the country. Here in New Zealand in December, I expect the wickets to be relatively green. What type of surface are we expecting tomorrow? What type of surface is traditionally uh, the, the University of Otago Oval play? A lot of runs have been scored here over the years, and T20 is a batsman's game. Let's not uh, fool ourselves into thinking anything uh, differently. People come along and uh, expect to see probably the norm for women, uh, 160 to 180 now. We've seen them go past 200 in the big bash across the strait, across the ditch. Uh, so it's a, it's a pitch that will have been produced to have runs scored. There'll be plenty of grass on it. I haven't been out to the middle yet, but there'll be plenty of grass. Whether How hard it is, is is moot because we are in late spring. We don't start summer here in the end until uh, in the new year. So late spring, and it's been it's been mixed. We've had some lovely warm temperatures, mid-20s, and some cold days, mm. 10, 12. Uh, we've got a gentle nor'easter today, which will dry things out if there is any moisture in the pitch. In fact, the flags have just dropped away the, the prevailing wind down uh, down Otago Harbour, which sweeps across the city and keeps keeps temperatures down. 
uh, and that is forecast for tomorrow, along with a little bit of rain first thing, but then no rain in the afternoon, thankfully, and Tuesday's forecast mm. is good as well. So I'd say uh, a good pitch, uh, Mark, which would should, if the batsmen are up to it, should produce a good number of runs. Mm. Let's talk about the proliferation of the women's game. It's been exponential in probably the last 15 to 20 years. I mean, uh, you've followed the game for a long time. Your early and initial memories of women's cricket and, and and what are your impressions of the game now? Oh, I agree with you totally. I think that's women's sport in general. Absolutely. Fair, yeah. uh, which is fantastic uh, and great spectacle. And a lot of a lot more action with many of the women's games across quite a number of codes because they just get on with it. <laughs> which That's <laughs> true, actually. You've you know, just I, summed I, it up I, nicely. I quite enjoy it. Yeah. I quite enjoy it. Look, I remember um, in uh, when my sons were playing cricket, or one especially at very junior club level for uh, Albion here in Dunedin, the, the longest running uh, club in Australasia. And there was one, Katie Martin, played in the boys' team because there weren't any girls' teams as such. Wow. Now, I don't know if there are girls' teams now. This was back in the, well, let's work it out, mid-90s. That mm-hmm. would be about right. Uh, I don't know if there are women's team, uh, girls' teams as such. I'm sure there are. Certainly are at secondary school level. Mm. And, of course, uh, if we bring it back to local level here, the Sparks, the Otago Sparks doing so well in the Halliburton-Johnson series. So, yeah, there, there is a, I think what we're, you're alluding to is there is now a pathway. Katie Martin used to have to play with the boys because there was no other options available. And mm. she was pretty good then, I must say. Uh, whether we all thought that she'd go on to forge the international career she did and now has made that leap into the commentary box seamlessly. Very few do that, but she's she's one of them. Uh, back then, there wasn't that natural progression. Now there is. Mm. So, yeah. And that's why you've got teams now across all codes just doing so much better and playing to a, a much higher level. You look at the, the women's rugby, the, the Black Ferns, uh, the... The, the provincial game, the skill level now is mm. extraordinary compared to even five years ago. Mm. You mentioned the ground's going to be named after Susie Bates officially on Tuesday. Um, I mean, there's been some great cricketers that have come out of your region, Brendan McCullum clearly, um, Bert Sutcliffe, and of course Susie Bates. Um, I've, you know, I wasn't aware of some of her statistics, but of reading up a little bit more about it. it it's nice, isn't it, that she gets the gong that, she gets her name versus maybe probably what historically would have just assumed would have either come down to McCullum or Sutcliffe. Well, Brendan McCullum did have the road uh, which goes down to the University Oval named after him. It was Brendan McCullum Drive? I wasn't aware of that. One season, so yeah. so and Bert Sutcliffe, Bert Sutcliffe Oval, of course, in in Canterbury, and that's a nod to him for his service to New Zealand. I think you, we're probably, it's because now everything is so commercial mm. and there's a tag on everything. Uh, I can't imagine Carisbrook ever being renamed anything else, but we're back in a different era when we think of think of those grounds. Would Lancaster Park, before the commercial era came along and it became, what was it, Jade Stadium and and then uh, there was different stands named there with sponsors coming in, and absolutely crucial to the continued development and viability of the game. But I can't imagine Lancaster Park being named Fergie McCormick Park, no. or Bill Mates Park, no. or Todd Blackadder Park. 
Mm. So it's just the era in which we live, and it, it's 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 a wonderful thing that New Zealand cricket and Otago cricket have decided to do. Susie Bates Oval, only the second women's international player to go past 300 games. She plays 150th T20 international tomorrow. She scored more T20 runs than any player in the game, man or woman. Uh, so it's uh, it's going to be a nice touch. And uh, there's going to be a lot of her former players, her family, her coaches. Uh, Warren Lees, as you know, is in the commentary box with me on both days. And he's had a lot to do with Susie over the years with Otago and New Zealand. Uh, so it'll be a, a nice nostalgic day and one day that those people who come on Tuesday will well remember. We are talking cricket, the segment called Swinging Both Ways, courtesy of Razine. Razine, for not sure about that title. Hey, I didn't come up with it, Steve. I didn't come up with it. Okay, I'm just sitting here. I'm just sitting here. Leave you, leave you, but I, I, I reckon. Title, I reckon. It, I reckon it was Grant Elliott. To be honest, I reckon it was Grant Elliott, or probably Daniel McCarty. It certainly wasn't me, Steve. I agree with you. I bl- blushed a little bit when I first read it. Hey, look, I um. I, look, I run through the New Zealand women's squad of Plymouth Green, Bates, Kerr, Anderson, Sophie Devine, um, Bezaden Hoot, uh, Izzy Gaze, Carson, etc. And a lot of those names I'm very familiar with. I can't say I'm that familiar with the Pakistan women's team. Uh, maybe it's just because I've got two kids these days and I just don't get to watch as much sport as I once no. did. Well, um, we don't see them. We don't see them. But interestingly, uh, and I'm an old school broadcaster, so I've done a lot of research, um, they are, the Pakistan team's actually more experienced than the New Zealand side. Really? The, both, both, team, both teams come off mixed uh, series. New Zealand squared the T20 series with South Africa in the Republic uh, recently. They, they won all. The first three games were rained off, so it's not, a, it's not really a fair gauge on, on the respective abilities of, of either side. Uh, Pakistan went to Bangladesh and was beaten in a series for the first time. So they'll be they'll be smarting a little bit, but you mentioned those New Zealand players. Uh, you've got Devine with 125 games, Bates 149, Maddie Green 84, Leah Tahuhu 78, Medicare 65. Then it just falls away quite um, quite drastically. The the Pakistan side, their their captain uh, Nida Dar and uh, also Bismar Maruf, both 138 games, and Maruf is a prolific run scorer, almost 3,000 runs. Uh, and then you've, you've got other players who have played 45, 50, 80 games, quite a number. Mm. So if you line them up head-to-head, you would have to say that Pakistan's a bit more exper- uh, experienced. Conditions will play a part. Uh, they played at the Burt Sutcliffe Oval a couple of warm-up games during the week, uh, a one-dayer and a T20. were handsomely beaten in the T20 game on on Thursday, conditions would have been cooler than what they're used to, and that's going to be the case here tomorrow and again on Tuesday. Both both days, nice days, but only mid-teens, mm. and mid-teens to teams from the subcontinent are pretty miserable, especially if that nor'easter keeps up. It can be a, a wind that, uh, you call it a lazy breeze, it doesn't go around you, it goes straight through you. <laughs> so I... that, that might well be the difference. Um, but both teams have a, have a wee bit to prove. They've had pretty ordinary 2023s. Mm. Yeah, look, just running through this Pakistan lineup, and I was just looking at the description of the individual players. A lot of left arm off spin bowlers, a lot of right arm leg spin bowlers. It seems to me that Pakistan will come in with a very strong spin bowling attack, which I guess we tend to, uh, rightly or wrongly, probably tend to associate with teams out of the subcontinent. Is that what you're expecting? Is it going to be Pakistan bowling spin over after over, and New Zealand having to negate? 
Well, they, they are dominated by spoon, and that's, that's just a fact. But they've got a couple of very, uh, a, a couple of very good pace bowlers in, uh, in Wahida and uh, also uh, Diana. Uh, quite, she's quite sharp. I watched her the other day on uh, the match at Red uh, of Oval via the, the YouTube channel, New Zealand Cricket's YouTube channel, and she's, she's quite sharp. Yes, they will be dominated by spin, but they'll, they've got a couple of useful quicks, as does, as does New Zealand. Um, I imagine whoever wins the toss will bat, which you should always do, I believe. And, I mean, the Aussies say nine times out of ten you bat, and the tenth time you think about it and bat again anyway, and that's in all forms of cricket. And New Zealand is starting to come around to that. And the women tend to, to be quite aggressive, and, and uh, Sophie Devine, of course, marvellous player and we'll see if she stays there any length of time over the next couple of days we'll see see plenty of action she's at 109 sixes in T20 internationals mm-hmm. and I imagine there's a few more up her sleeve here this this week so if uh, if Devine wins the toss I'd be very surprised if she didn't bat first mm-hmm. and possibly the same from uh, the uh, the Pakistani skipper Nida Dar who's, who's vastly she loves to bat they call her Lady Boom Boom because of her batting style. I suggest Mark that doesn't uh, give you an indication that she likes, plays many defensive shots. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Steve, um, we're obviously trying to encourage as many people along as we can get along to watch this live. We clearly want people tuned in tomorrow to listen to you and Warren Lees bring us the commentary because I still think there's no better sport, live sport, that is. Radio doesn't deliver better sport than cricket on the radio, in my opinion. I think it's just part of those lazy, hazy days of summer. Has there been much interest in Dunedin? Are we ex- what sort of crowd are we expecting? Hard to know. It's um, I've just been to my local gym and numbers are starting to fall off already. Quite a number of people have been away on or are away on holiday. Students have disappeared, of course, because the exams are well and truly over and the streets are littered with the contents of their houses. Um, <laughs> it's also the Santa Parade in Dunedin tomorrow, which is a big family attraction. Absolutely. Uh, hard to tell. Tuesday working day, of course, early summer or late spring, whichever you like. Um, but I would look, I would hope that it's, it's an international cricket match, as you say, women's sport, and let's bring it right back to cricket here, gaining in profile and standard. Uh, all the time, so yeah, I'd, I'd be hoping for a good, solid hometown crowd. And uh, even though it is a working day on Tuesday, the schools are basically emptied out. And mm. uh, you know, I think uh, Targa Girls High School should be former um, head girl Susie Bates at Targa Girls. You'd think they'd give give them half a day off, wouldn't you? Be rude not I'm to. I'm sure the principal's listening. Be rude surely. not to. Surely, um, yes, Steve. Exactly. Um, just quickly, I haven't got. I haven't got the schedule in front of me here from Brad Lewis. So what time are you and Warren Lee's kicking things off tomorrow? What time does that build-up start? 12.30 build-up. 12.30, OK. Uh, yep. So pitch and toss and conditions, and hopefully we're able to bring you news that the rain that is forecast has gone through. Uh, and first ball bowled uh, at, at 1 o'clock. And, and without being facetious, the women do tend to get through their game a lot more quickly. And it's not the fact that they don't hit the ball over the boundary, they most certainly do, but it's the bowlers. Mm. The bowlers get through over their, through their overs a lot more quickly, and as you mentioned, uh, with Pakistan especially, with so many spinners in the lineup, for three, if not four of their bowlers, will be three, four out of the six or seven, 
um, five out of the seven perhaps of their options will be spinners. They get through overs a lot more quickly. So it's quick fire action tomorrow. And, you, and if uh, if New Zealand does bat first, you've got Devine. And I imagine Bates will open with her if you're, if you're coming down. Be here by one o'clock. Fantastic. Steve Davey, looking forward to the call. Lovely to have you on the programme this morning. Thank you. Thanks, Mark. Steve Davey there, along with Warren Lees, will bring you ball-by-ball coverage. As you said, ball, uh, the build-up will start from 12.30 tomorrow. Uh, Swinging Both Ways is that name of that cricket segment. I agree with Steve. I'm not sure who came up with these names, but it is brought to you by Resine for expert painting colour advice. And again, I just want to say that if it is time to paint, get a quality finish with Resine Paints, decorating Kiwi homes since 1946.